is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. So today, please welcome Tim Kellis from the Marriott Solution with me today. Um, Tim is a renowned Wall Street analyst, and he takes on what could be considered the biggest society problem these days. I mean, we couldn't deny that. Do can you guess that what it is? So let me tell you, divorce, right? Even though I'm not yet married, but I'm sure I have a lot of my like social circle who unfortunately going through this journal, and I don't think this would be a good place for anyone. Like after you decided to spend the rest of your life with someone, why you end up split or something like that, right? So today we are with the expert of Maria Solution and. I know that if your home isn't happy, your business isn't happy as well. So that's how it works in this life. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio, Tim. Thank you very much, Matita, for allowing me to appear on your uh, podcast. I greatly appreciate you giving me the opportunity to chat about a subject I love talking about. Yes, I've solved the marriage problem. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you. So. I'm a person who yet not yet married. So, what would you tell a person who not yet get married to prepare themselves? Well, when you get into the psychology of marriage, you realize that it's a lot easier to have a successful marriage if you've done the personal development work. I get into a lot of the conflict resolution, and you realize. That people are blaming their partner for fears that they have from their from their childhood. Quite honestly, the only reason why I can confidently and comfortably tell anybody that I have solved the marriage problem is because I forgave my parents when I was 25 years old, and it turns out that that is the most significant experience for a successful marriage to let go of your childhood. Then you get into the psychology of it. So. What you realize is those belief systems that you were taught from your upbringing, your your relationships, your experiences, um, uh, any any of these things that that you perceived as negative from your upbringing, particularly as it pertains to love and marriage, you're going to bring those negative perspectives into your marriage that based on fears. And if you can understand that that's going to be a significant influence on your marriage, you can deal with your your own personal issues through healing, which is forgiveness, uh, so that you can be better prepared when you do meet that guy that catches your eye, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, I have been in a handful of relationships, of course, but what I feel is that 
the level of personal development and also the interest in the personal development field maybe not as even therefore the relationship breakdown not even the marriage yet like i have somehow a belief that so like since dating even this is dating period is happened to be this conflict i wouldn't move on to the next stage like that's that's how i think so what would you suggest well the reality is when you meet that person that catches your eye One of the things that you'll experience is two people who really fall in love for the right reasons do so fairly quickly. You'll find that that first part of that type of relationship goes a lot smoother than those dating scenarios that that have conflict to them. Because you know, in fact, I, I deal with people after they've fallen in love because then I know. That they're supposed to be together. I I have no secret formula for whether this person is right for you or that person is right for you. In fact, I go through and describe psychologically what happens when two people fall in love. You actually meet your your partner, your soulmate, whatever you want to call it. But you'll find that that relationship goes a lot easier than those ones that you've been in that haven't been so successful. But I like I said, I have no secret formula for if this person's the right person for you or that. That's That's an individual decision, but once you get there, then I help couples learn how to stay together for life. Mm. So actually, we not really meet the right person, but we create the right person for us. And well, no, no, you, you meet the right person. That's the point. There, there's, there's, a, there's a vision. Let me, let me explain this to you. Actually, let me back up a second. Let me give you my background. I want your uh, your uh, viewers to understand where I'm coming from. So let me, if I could, can I go through my background? So sure. for one thing, I do not have a psychology background, and that turns out to be important. I actually have an engineering degree. I was raised poor. My dad was a cab driver, but I put myself to college. Graduated in four years with an engineering degree. Spent nine years in the telecom equipment industry. Went back to Wall Street, where I became the first semiconductor analyst on Wall Street to focus on the communications market. So that's my analytical background. And then the the, the impetus or the motivation for doing this is a relationship of mine that didn't work out, one that was supposed to last a lifetime. But more significantly, this is why I bring up the psychology stuff. When we went to the therapist, and I realized that the therapist wasn't helping. That I decided to take on this role myself. So what I've done is I've approached it very analytically on how to create a successful marriage, what causes marriages to be unsuccessful, and then and how do you go from the unsuccessful path to the successful path. But anyhow, getting back to our conversation about meeting the right person. In fact, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but have you ever heard of Carl Jung? No. Carl Jung was 19 years younger than Freud. Freud looked up to Jung so much that he considered him not only his heir apparent but his son. And and we know that Freud's theory is that sex is what motivates us. It's not true, but that's what Freud created as the foundation. It's still the foundation for the biology theory today, which is still the foundation of the industry. Well, Freud and Jung had their famous split in 1912. And Jung went much further than Freud did to figure out how the mind works. And one of the things that Jung discovered is that within a man is a motivation to meet a woman. He called it the anima. And within a woman 
is an unconscious motivation to meet a man. It's an animus. These are the visions that we are creating inside of ourselves. This is why when you date and they don't work out, you're creating a more definite vision of what you're looking for. Mm. But when you meet him, your animus matches who he is. And when he meets you, his anima, his unconscious drive matches who you are. This is why when two people come together and they're meant to be, it's because two people individually have been creating this unconscious motivation to meet this other person. And that's why when you fall in love with the person you're supposed to be falling in love with, it goes very simple, very smoothly because you've met the person, you've met your match, so to speak, as I like to say. So until you meet this person that matches this motivation that you've been developing to find somebody else, you're still going to have those conflicts. But when you meet this person, it goes a lot smoother than you would think it would go. It, it, it's unbelievable when I talk to couples, the beauty of the beginning of their relationship and how easy and fast it went. Because when people fall in love, they usually do it fairly quickly when it's with the right person. Yeah. But then... Less, I think, I think somehow when the the red flag happening in any relationship, though, we as a woman we consider it as a red flag, <laughs> and then we just like keep collecting this red flag along the time until like like the countdown bomb happening or something like that. <laughs> I think many people well, doing it that way. <laughs> well, you have to understand that we is a is a is a as a community are taught in today's world it's not a society we're all you know you're halfway around the world from where i'm at but what you realize is that we are being taught more and more to be judgmental and this is the problem in marriage as well in fact i get into describe psychologically what causes people to be judgmental in fact, let me let me let me go through and explain explain that to you because it's really important to understand that. So when I get the reason why relationships are successful is because couples get along. Mm. The reason why relationships are unsuccessful is because couples don't get along. It's that simple. And but that simplicity is the foundation for everything else that I've built on. Because when I say I've solved the marriage problem, an engineer is taught to look at what has changed to cause a problem. And in the United States, the divorce rate until the 60s was single digits. And so obviously what has changed, the old model was that I was in charge. The Christian tradition, patriarchy, says in the first page of the Bible, the wife will obey the husband. It's been that way for thousands of years, starting with Adam and Eve, where the man was in charge. The man was responsible for the logical side of the relationship. The man was responsible for the finances. And the man made the decisions for the marriage. The woman, on the other hand, was responsible for the emotional side of the relationship. She was responsible for raising the kids and the nurturing environment of the home. So the woman's role was clearly defined as emotional, and the man's role was clearly defined as logical, and those two never crossed over. The man only did what he was supposed to do, and the woman only did what she was supposed to do. So obviously what changed in the United States in the 60s was the education and employment of women. For the first time in the history of human civilization, women are now educated and employable. 
So the solution is equality. We have not figured that out yet. The solution is to base conflicts where nobody's able to make the decision. Both have to come together and come to terms so that they're both of them understand and agree and ultimately appreciate the solution that has happened. And so it's a partnership. That's all it is. It's a partnership between a man and a woman. And so when you understand the way partnerships work, uh, Mutita, you say you and I start a business. Okay, you and I become business partners. And I am the accountant, and you want to buy a $5,000 computer, and we can't afford it. How are we going to solve that problem? Well, obviously, I'm going to have to understand your perspective, right? And you are going to understand my perspective. And we come together with a solution that makes sense for both of us. Disagreements are logical. Disagreements are problem-solving. Disagreements are forward-looking. So obviously, the difference in our business relationship in a marriage is a marriage is a lot more emotionally charged. You and I have no emotional relationship with each other. We're business partners. But if we were married, we'd have a significant emotional component. That's where the anger comes from. That's where arguments come from. So what I do is I break an argument into its component parts. It turns out there's a process that we go through that leads to us being angry and argumentative. And it starts off with an insecurity. Mom and dad got divorced, for example. Now you have a fear in your marriage of divorce based on what you taught, what you were taught as a child when you were not able to cognitively, cognitively comprehend it, that divorce is part of marriage. And so now you bring that fear into your marriage, and that fear leads to a prejudice. It turns out, and this is the first time you've ever heard this, because I'm the one that figured it out. Nobody on the planet has yet figured this out but me. But it turns out our mental problems are prejudices, mm. which are preconceived opinions that are emotionally based, which are not logically thought out. So now you have a prejudice about your own marriage based on your parents' divorce, and that prejudice is what leads to becoming judgmental, which then leads to anger. And when I go through this discussion, all I'm doing is connecting the dots between fear and anger. So when you say you're keeping an eye out for the red flags, what you're doing is you're basing your judgments based on what you're afraid might happen if you open yourself up to this person, because love is vulnerability. Vulnerability is the fear of getting hurt. And when you fall in love with somebody, what you do is you get over that wall of fear and you open up your soul to let somebody else in. At the beginning, this professionals call it the false facade. You put your best foot forward as you should. You're trying to impress each other. But ultimately, when couples learn to grow together is when they learn to be able to comfortably bring up issues from their past in a non-judgmental environment, knowing their partner is, will, will not think less of them so that they're able to bring up these issues and heal together. And that's ultimately what couples need to learn. That's when they're learning to grow together. That makes sense to me. Like, yeah. It's all logical. This, this all whole thing makes sense. This whole thing, whenever anybody listens to me talk, they always walk away going, well, that made a lot of sense. <laughs> All I've done is connected the dots on how to create a successful marriage. That's all I've done.
What about? Yeah. Okay. I will stop my thinking process for a moment before I compare things to my personal thing, and then my audience wouldn't get any information. But what about? I also encountered like many of my friends who experience with like their spouse or their partner keep comparing things with their past and not moving forward from that. This episode is sponsored by Mutita Clothing. Like what I'm wearing right here. So if you are a pretty sized lady who are looking for high quality apparels as well as a neat cutting and premium pattern, check it out at mutitaclothing.com so that you can be simply elegant by no time. Let's get back to the episode. That's that's what you're doing. You're, what you're doing is you're projecting your past onto your present. Mm. Okay. Let, let, let me explain to you what, what I mean by that, okay? This, this is what I'm, about to, what I'm about to explain to you is what causes divorce psychologically. And I'm also going to explain to you how to forgive somebody. Okay. So, so let's, let me, let me see exactly. You're all here. So, so let's just say for the sake of conversation, I'm obviously not going to do this, Mutita, but let's just say for the sake of conversation, I was to walk over to you right now and smack you in the face. Obviously, I'm not going to do it, but just, just think through what would happen if I would walk over to you right now and smack you in the face. You're going to get angry at me. You'll probably disconnect this call. This will be the last time that you and I ever speak. You have now, you're now angry at me. And what's so interesting about that is from now on, whenever you hear, see, read about me or anything, you're going to continue to build this case against me. You know, this Tim Kellis, he's solving marriages. What a jerk, right? Everything I do from now on, because I smacked you, you're going to be creating this negative case against me. Okay. Every time it's going to get worse and worse. You're going to create more and more more reasons not to like me, okay? So a few years later, one of your friend's brother moves in town. And for some reason, this guy reminds you of me. Something about this guy reminds you of me. His mannerisms, the way he speaks, something about this guy reminds you of me. Think about the way you are going to react to this guy. And what's so interesting about this 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 dialogue is you don't know why you were anxious about this guy this guy didn't do anything to you i'm the one that did something i'm the one that smacked you but you have an anxiety now towards him now let's say i am your parents and this guy is a guy you're falling in love with okay you are projecting me onto him. And every, this, this is what's so confusing about couples where fear is part of the relationship. Is it's so confusing people don't understand why they're anxious about their partner because they're, they're in love with them. This is the conflict that, that people are struggling with in relationships. Okay, because it has nothing to do with the guy you're falling in love with. It has to do with something from your past. Does that make sense? Mm. Individual situations are called projections. 
And ultimately, when you continue to project the anxiety that I have caused you onto this other guy, eventually you transfer. It's called transference. You now transfer all of those negative feelings that you have about me, because I'm the one that smacked you, onto your friend's brother, or in, or in our analogy, onto your onto your, this person you're falling in love with. But here's the big news, Mukita. You had a fly on your nose. That's why I smacked you. You had a fly on your nose. When I was going through this dialogue, at any time, did you ever think about why I smacked you? Did that thought process ever enter your mind? Obviously, most people never does. You're just angry. I smacked you. You're just smacking me back, yelling, disconnect. You're all angry at me. But what you just did, and obviously this is a simple example, but what you just did when I told you you had a fly on your nose was you, for the first time, looked at it from my perspective and you forgave me. Now you're able to look at your friend's brother or your loved one objectively with an open mind. And that's what people need to understand on why they're being judgmental. So they're consciously aware of it. And now they're able, just like I said earlier, the fear that leads to anger. Now they're discussing the fear and not the judgment, not the anger. They're looking at the source of the problem. And that's a, that's first, that's another first, by the way, that you, I've, I've read two dozen relations. I read a hundred books as part of my relationship, as part of my research, including two dozen relationship books. Number one, forgiveness is not mentioned in a single relationship book. Not a single one of them mentions forgiveness. Not a single relationship book that I've ever read addresses marriages not only mentally, which is what I'm doing, but also there's not a single book that's ever been written that I've discovered that addresses marriages psychologically. And that's what blows your mind when you realize that. Yeah. It it's all behavioral advice. If you read relationship books like the five love languages it's all behavior advice this is how the psychology industry has degraded as as guidance for couples i just had a, somebody else uh, posted on this marriage support group that i have that her and her husband have been going to a therapist for a year a year and the therapist hasn't done anything for them in fact the therapist actually makes it worse which happens a lot yeah it makes sense. Oh, I can listen to you for hours and hours. And I'm just like, okay, that happened. And then like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> well, what I'm doing, just so you know, Matita, is I'm, what I'm doing is I'm taking the psychology industry into the 21st century. This, this transference causes divorce, by the way, you can go Google that. And the only result you'll find, you put quotes around transference causes divorce is me. There's no place on the planet that anybody else has ever figured out that transference causes divorce. That's one of my big discoveries. Yeah. You wrote a book, right? Yeah, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I seen that YouTube, but like, what is that book called again? Do you still have well, it? Well, the title of the book is Equality, because that is the solution. And the subtitle is The Quest for the Happy Marriage, because we all know that the goal is to be happily married. We know what the solution is. We know where we're, it's the, the promise you make on your wedding day, right? To be be happily married 
We just have not been taught how to do that. It turns out that the falling in love part is the easier part. Mm. What I do is I teach couples how to like each other. Mm. I teach couples how to be friends with each other. And that turns out to be the more complicated part. Think about how differently you treat your friends than you do somebody you love. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much need negotiation. I also encounter this. <laughs> I have many scenarios for you. <laughs> what about? I'm sorry, what was that? No, I mean I have a lot of scenarios for you in my mind right now. What about those? What about those who don't like to communicate or explain things? One of the biggest, actually, in my opinion, the biggest hole. In our culture of marriage today, okay, nobody is going to debate the education of women. Nobody's going to debate that. Women are logical. But the whole in our culture of marriage today is guys being emotional. It is still looked negatively for a guy to expose his emotional side. So we repress our emotions. One of the things that I've realized to become more of a complete guy, because I'm obviously very logical, is I'm also working on my emotional side. So I can be a more complete person. And so when you talk about when somebody does want to talk, I have had women tell me that they're the one that shut down. But what it's so important to understand for both the man and the woman is a guy has a lot more difficulty discussing emotions than women do. So when the environment is not productive, when it's not a solid environment, when it's not a judgment-free environment, the biggest risk to that is the guy shutting down. Because when you tell me somebody doesn't want to communicate, in my experience, it's quite often more the guy that shuts down than the girl does. And so it's very important for women to understand that if they're the, 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 the cause of the judgment in their relationship, the result of that is their guys are just going to say, screw it, I'm not going to discuss it, and they're going to shut down. That's why it's so important to keep the conversation, conversation judgment-free. And when that happens, beautiful things happen. Yeah, seems like it involves, yeah, when you, when you give me that scenario of like, why didn't I think about another perspective that have a fly on my nose so that I actually able to forgive you because that actually you care about me. That's therefore you did that. What about when you mentioned that you forgive your parents? I think that is something that somehow um, we're not sure when that trauma happens. We're not sure really the characteristic or behavior or something that like sat as a ship in our shoulder somehow but how can we forgive our parents and then feeling more fulfilled and actually happier with like living the life without any regret great question and the way that i answer that question okay and, and the reason why i use this quote is i want to put historical context to your to the answer life liberty and the pursuit of happiness 
It's the most significant line in the United States Constitution. And when most people read that line, they look at what? The pursuit of happiness part. But what I do is I break down life and liberty. Life is a moral concept taught to us by the church. All life is sacred, which is new, by the way. All life used to not be sacred until this great democracy movement started with, this, with the United States. So morality is taught to us by the church. Okay. And when it comes to relationships, morality is understanding your partner's feelings, which is called empathy. Liberty is a political concept. Okay. In relationships, when it comes to equality, which is what the politics, what liberty is supposed to be teaching us, equality, equality is respect or understanding your partner's thoughts. So when you understand your partner's feelings, it's called empathy. And when you understand your partner's thoughts, it's called respect. And let me give you my example that I used to demonstrate this point. Okay. Do you get mad at slow drivers? Not really. Well, sometimes, okay. sometimes, sometimes. Exactly. A lot, of, a lot of people get mad at slow drivers. Okay. I have actually solved that problem. Okay. And how I have solved the problem was I had an epiphany one day when I realized that the other driver was driving someplace too. Again, just like the fly on the nose. When I was able to look at it from the other driver's perspective, all of the anxiety about slow drivers has completely been eliminated. I no longer have any anxieties because once I get behind a slow driver, I immediately think to myself, they're going someplace too. And I'm no longer anxious when I can look, about it, look at it from their perspective. But think about that as an analogy in a marriage. If you're able to think about it from your partner's perspective, all the anxiety goes away. And so what I did when I forgave my parents, the epiphany, the flash moment that I had was when I looked at it from their perspective. Mm. When I realized that my parents, who were very simple people, and I don't say that with any negative criticism, that's just a fact, but they did the best that they could and I turned out to be a pretty good guy, okay? They taught me what they were supposed to teach me. You know, I've never been in prison, <laughs> nor do I ever plan on going to, I mean, I have a moral compass. Heck, I've taken what my parents raised me to believe to solving the marriage problem. You know, I think when they see the big picture of what I'm doing, they're going to, you know, my dad's no longer around, but I know he's looking at me from above, realizing that, that he's done a good job bringing me up so that when he let me go and my parents let me out into the real world so that I could become my own person, I actually landed on Wall Street. You know, I was a Wall Street analyst for 10 years. So when you can look at it from your, your, part, your parents' perspective or, or anybody, this is the point. This is, this is life. It's not just marriage. It's so significant in marriage because it's the cornerstone of our culture, of our society. But in, in life in general, if you're able to understand the other person's perspective, that's how we eliminate, by the way, all the judgments. That the judgments go away when you look at it from the other person's perspective. Mm, so important. Like, 
I think I have a lot of epiphany today. I really appreciate your time and I'm so honored to have you on my show today. Like, I'm definitely sure that I'm gonna think about this for the rest of the night. I mean, it's nighttime here and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, thinking about what Tim just said to me today. <laughs> what should I do? <laughs> in fact, just so you know, Mutita, just so you know, what, what is happening right now in this conversation, okay? It's called conscious coupling. Oh. Okay? And that term comes from the, the concept of conscious uncoupling. Now, let me explain where that comes from, if you've never heard of that. When Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, got divorced, they marketed to the public as conscious uncoupling. What they were doing was they were justifying their divorce. They were rational. They were making it sound like they were approaching it logically and with consensus on both sides. Conscious uncoupling. What I am doing is the opposite. I'm doing conscious coupling. I'm actually teaching couples how to rationalize and be consciously aware of staying together. Mm. Instead of rationalizing getting divorced, I teach couples how to rationalize staying together. It's called conscious coupling. When people hear me speak, that's what, that's what I do. I get people thinking so that they're now consciously aware how to create a successful marriage. And that doesn't matter whether you're married or single because the reality is, Mutita, there probably is a component to your personal single life of fear of your marriage not succeeding. That's a component of the motivation on the way you react when you start dating a guy. And if you're exactly, exactly, that's what I mean. But if you're consciously aware that if this is the right guy, you don't have to be so afraid, you can now open yourself up and become vulnerable to exposing yourself to this guy. Yeah. That's what that's what single people do when they listen to me talk, is they become more consciously aware so that they can be more confident when they meet somebody that their marriage won't end. Mm, right. So I mean, this is so good stuff. And in case anyone wants to follow your work, why can they reach out to you or follow you then, Tim? Well, the easiest way of doing that is to email me. So let me give you my email address. It's my name, Tim Kellis, K-E-L-L-I-S is in Sam, at happy relationships, plural.com. Yes, I own that domain name. It's Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. The other way that they can stay connected with me is I've actually started, it's called on Facebook, The Marriage Support Group. When you search The Marriage Support Group, you'll see a picture of a couple kissing. In fact, I've been adding the last, I've gone, I've added a thousand new members in the last eight days. And I'm almost at 8,000 members. And when this broadcasts, I may be nine or 10,000. I've been exploding. This marriage support group has been exploding. So people can go and join the marriage support group. And what I'm doing is I'm building a community of obviously people looking for marriage help. But one of the things that I do that's unique in the marriage groups is I also allow other marriage experts to contribute. A lot of groups will, I've been, I've been kicked out of about a dozen marriage groups because I was trying to help couples. They're so, they think it's all, you know, it's all 
you know, you're, you're soliciting and you're not supposed to. And so what I do that's unique is I allow anybody that wants to come in with guidance and you'll find you get better guidance from marriage experts than you do by somebody else who's getting divorced. That's just there to help you have sort of a pity party on how your life's falling apart. What I do is also allow people that are giving some semblance of guidance on how to make marriages successful. And then the other big thing that I've got going on, if anybody has not discovered Clubhouse yet, Clubhouse is the new social media app that's absolutely exploding. And I host, it's called, I call it the Naked Marriage. I host a room every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Clubhouse. So you want to go to Clubhouse and follow me. My, my moniker is my name at Tim Kellis. Uh, and then you'll get noticed, you'll get notified whenever I'm involved in a room, but my room is every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So those are avenues, but again, the best way is at my email address, which is timkellis at happyrelationships.com. Check it out, everyone. Everything will be in the description below. So thank you so much, Tim, for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, and I hope everyone who's listening here, Get Unstuck Nation, you will get unstuck from your relationship right now and able to forgive and less judgmental so that you can have a happy relationship, right? Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you very much, Matita. Again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. My mission is to lower the divorce rate. That is my goal. And also one more thing, I also have a free two-hour seminar. Uh, so if anybody wants to reach out to me, I do request and require that both attend the seminar, but I have a free seminar if anybody wants to get a sort of a sense. It's two hours long, but it'll really give you the foundation for the message that I'm that I'm teaching. Yeah, you shouldn't miss this. This is a great opportunity. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.